Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Ross, introduce the guest, man. We have author, politician, <laughs> owner of SBG Dublin 24, the first Irishman in UFC history to get a submission win. It's Paddy the Hooligan. Hooligan. Paddy, how are you doing? How are you getting on? I didn't know it was that one myself. Um, no, you're the first Irish man to get a submission. I knew I was the first Irish man to get a UFC win on Irish soil. Yeah, but you're the first Irishman to get a submission in the UFC, and no one can take that away from you ever. You can't take away the first. Right, you can't take away the first. So two of them, then I thought I only had one. Two will take that. Fair play to you, Lewis. No worries, Paddy. Anytime, anytime. I was about to say, Ross, but you have Jade Wilson down there on your corner, so I was about to call you That's- Jade. That's the missus. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Shout good. out to her. It's all good. Yeah, uh, Paddy, we were just saying off air that it's been a year since we had you on the show last, and like so many things have changed over the past year. But like, uh, how have you found, found the last year, and uh, how are you coping with it? Um, here's a mad story. Imagine I turned around last year on your show and talked about all of the stuff that's happening now, and I start like you sort of being going like, "Think Paddy's gone off the head a little bit," you know? So yeah. we had to be talking about vaccine passports and. And everything that's been through, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's been a heavy year. I really do. I think it's been a, he- a year for education for people, and it's opened a lot. It's opened not only just kind of the idea of people's uh, understanding how to kind of uh, go away from negative information and misinformation, and um, but not only that, to be able to find the difference between two. And I think that is a skill in itself. And if there was anything I tell the youth to do. That would be what I would say them to do these days is learn the skill to be able to tell the difference between what is real and what is not real. And don't don't always just look at that person and say they know what they're talking about. So I'm definitely going to listen to them because um, we talk about experts in martial arts. Um, there's a lot of charlatans in martial arts that get away with being called experts. So uh, yeah, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean. There's a lot of charlatans out there. There's a lot of people. Doing these kind of like and people are falling and all sorts of stuff from you know taking guns off people and all that are like you would have died there, um yeah so I think that it's been a year of education and um, I have to commend the Irish nation and, and and all the other nations across the world as well the people not the governments the people have made massive sacrifices and uh, many times they've had them sacrifices thrown back in their faces um to cover up for mistakes and create smoke for the the the, the government that. That, that tend to fail a lot, you know? Yeah, Paddy, I, I, I would say I have to agree with you. Um, normally, we don't get too involved in politics in this show. We like to keep it uh, based on sport to sort of give people a breakaway from whatever is going on in the real world. But I must say, like, uh, I found it quite difficult listening to some of the stuff that the government here in Ireland have come out to say. Like, the sort of spiel that we're all in this together is one of the worst spiels I've ever heard in my entire life. There's three different types of people in this pandemic. One, the first one, is those who have benefited from the pandemic. That's your probably your supermarkets, maybe your chemists, and probably your tech firms. Two, people who have may, remained relatively unscathed, people who are working in the government or have government-based jobs. And then third, which I actually fall into this category now, people who have lost their jobs or their income has been greatly affected. There are the three different types of people. We're not all in this together. People have very different outcomes from this pandemic. And I actually think it's quite insulting to say we're all in this together because we're not anymore. So when they went that's with that my headline, When they went with that headline, I was, they, they are messing with us. They're messing here with that. They are. Um, I think you, you don't know if you've seen the video on how government set up these kind of things where they go, 
them stop look listen you know so everything has a little kind of yeah. a system to it and uh, when they went with that one there's no doubt they were looking at a board and there was four or five different slogans on that board and it was like right lads which one are we going to go for and I bet you someone leaned in and said for the crack let's go with that one <laughs> 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 throwing this together for the crack let's go with that one for the crack and let's see what happens and it does have a nice ring to it but if the Irish government were able to say that we were ever in this together with anything they're lying they're always lying when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm telling you. Um, I'm in council meetings now a lot of the time and, and I'm starting to get better at this. I, I absolutely came in here as a beginner and as a, as a white belt. But, um, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a student, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a learner. And I'm not in here for any other reason other than I can never look at my kids in the face when they ask me when this is all over and say, well, what did you do, Dad? What did you do when this was all going on? I did whatever I could. I tried to do whatever I could. I tried to learn. I tried to, to figure out what was going on and I tried to um, and tell it to people. And unfortunately, if you look at history, anyone that ever stands or ever says anything is the pariah. And it's always been the way. So when you look at the, the 1916 Easter Rising, guys, if you, I don't know if you've ever read um, Padraig Pierce's letter to his mother from his cell. It's powerful. So powerful. He knew everything that was going to happen because they'd followed the revolution that had came across Europe. Um, but it, it'd been coming for a long time. Ireland was nearly the last one to get it. But the, the, the textbook was there and that was the revolution in 1916 that we seen. But when them men were dying, when they were getting shot, um, I think it was actually the Irish Independent called for the execution of them, of the, of the, the, um, the rebels. Um, seven men stood up. Um, Owen McNeil cancelled it on the day. A lot of people didn't turn up because they, the odd, the ship had been uh, caught with the arms. And the boys knew that there was no other chance that they had to do this now. And, and they went for it. But they all died um, as a shame or as the human's greatest tool, ridicule. You know, so you need to be careful of that one. So what you do is you dig your heels in, you find your information and, and you, you stick with your guns. And if you're wrong, you hold your hands up. Oh. There's a council meeting on my hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, buddy. No, we won't give you more tricks away just yet. That's this is what we, need. we need regulators of integrity in government. That's what we need. It's the show is over. This is it should be no longer called a job or a, a, a political career. You know, it's like let's get rid of that. Most mm. of the people that have been in the doll have been in there to generations to generations. So they've got us here. So there's the responsibility. Here we are. You have had you a chance, you know. And I think maybe we are the generation now generation of the institutional lawyers, the, 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 the people who had to move to different countries, um, the working class, um, the middle class, and, and all of the classes now. And I think in people that have came and, and, and settled here in Ireland and called Ireland their home now, you know, uh, it's time that that generation stood up uh, and held the wheel, you know. So they, and I won't say this, that the government work for us because when you look at the constitution, they actually don't. I think it's Article 1, it's like, um, it says that we get the choice and have the privilege to elect the rulers, um, and then they get the choice to make the government, to make the legislation. So anything after that, and it's sort of common practices or it's common good of the country. So we end up in a situation where they get to describe what the common good is. And Paddy, obviously you've uh, ended your affiliation there with uh, Sinn Féin, but did you have a political mentor? Or do you have someone who you look to, up to in politics and go, oh, I want to be like that person, that person makes a difference? Um, a lot of people probably don't know this, but um, there's no doubt we went in there as them thinking I was, um, remember Connor going into the UFC saying, we're not the token Irish guys in here, you know, and he was dead mm. right about that, but he didn't really believe him. Um, I'm not the token cage for you. 
You know, I'm not this uh, this this working class young fella that you can just wind up and he's going to run and, and do everything that you think. Not me. I am I'm, uh, skilled in the art of war and uh, Sanzu, if you must. And the idea of uh, my grandfather's been raising me for this now. My grandfather died when I was 15. But every Saturday I would sit in his house and he would tell me, we would watch the doll and he would tell me how it works, how, how counts work, how quotas work. And I didn't really read, know all of that stuff at that time, you know. And it was only when I got older that I started realising that. But it's only when you learn something, you're like, he was saying that to me, you know. He was teaching me that. So um, I spent a lot of time in Belfast and I don't know, like this situation, everybody's political now because you get forced to be when you're in a situation. So. When I grew up in Lanadown in Belfast, I'm looking out the window going, why is this happening? What is going on here? How come we're not allowed over there? And how come they're not allowed over here? And how come that guy has a machine gun walking down the road, you know? And that's as a kid, Arnold Squash nigga would have been your hero and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we would have been like, this man has a machine gun, you know? So I was going to say, yeah. a situation where politics, unfortunately, enters your life because mm. it's part of where you live. I was going to say, I suppose one thing that does play in your uh, favour is you play the game of human chess jiu-jitsu. So, you know what I mean? You're always a couple of steps ahead. Yeah, I have a martial arts mind for sure. And, and that's it. And I've, I'm not, I've no ego. And I'm not in this for, for game. Um, I, I, I do say this sometimes, and I don't want people to think, especially the people who, who elected me here in, in Jobstown. Um, I, I do say, I don't want to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. But I'm looking around and I'm saying, someone's going to do it. And you... You are someone, you know, and unfortunately, until I hope other people start start thinking like me and start realizing like me that we can no longer sit back and watch this. This is not an episode on Netflix, you know what I mean? This is this is real life, and we're heading in the direction where I think, especially with with housing and building and like some of the places that are being bought up, there's multiple amounts of apartments being bought up. Um, they, they get let out, they get let out, so they get rented at high, high rents. Some, some of them are on HAP um, um, rents as well, which is like a housing assistance payment, which is paid through kind of like taxpayers' money and stuff. And, and some ministers and some politicians are well into this game of, of the housing game, you know, and in 10, 12 years' time, and you do the maths of the rent that we are paying out now, so you pay 2,000 euro for the rent. So when you do the maths in 20 years, that whole block will be paid for. And then they own that. And then guess who's going to be renting them apartments at 100% profit? Your kids, Jade? And my kids, Barry. I'm only messing I'm only worrying you up there. I'm only Well, well, well uh, 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 the two, uh, uh, well, uh, myself and Barry, I'm the only one who has a kid. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that on the team. Oh, then, so you, yeah. you, 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 you imagine how scary that could be. And then all of a sudden, you're, yeah. you're not even that, but your kid's landlord is not really somebody who grew up and worked the butt off to pay for an apartment that now your kid lives in. So, I don't know. I'm not making any assumptions here. Um, mm. All I'm saying is I'm just watching down the road of what's happening. And, and my own area is a good example of a City West has had some incredible buildings in it now. And there's a thing called an SHD. I don't know if you know what that means. No um, well, I know you wouldn't have either, lads, but I'm, as I said, I'm learning. So an SHD is a project where a developer comes to the county council. And what they do is they, if they can offer more than... 100 say properties or 100 um, uh, units so 10% is supposed to go to social housing which does but if you bring 100 forward you no longer need permission of the council or the county council 
you now get permission off a thing called onboard panola. And onboard panola decides then what happens in all of these housing estates. And onboard panola is a, is a much smaller board of people. So as a councillor, I can't vote against, I don't know, say a 15-storey apartment block that's getting put up somewhere. And you're like, it breaks all the rules, all the local area plans. And the fire brigade don't have ladders that are 15 stories high. And, and you're, you're saying this stuff, but it's like, shut up, you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, I suppose, like, that is the political scene in, in Ireland at the moment, Paddy. But uh, just just um, to get things back MA-wise, obviously, yeah. um, you know, this year has been rough for the Irish MA scene. Um, Clan Wars is cancelled, followed by um, Cage Legacy also being cancelled. Will Irish MA be able to continue to exist in the coming years? Because a lot of the gyms are under pressure as well because they can't open at the moment. What's your take on it, Paddy? I said at the start of all of this that the bigger gyms, um, the bigger gyms need to sort of kind of help some of the smaller gyms when this is all over in a way, you know. So whether that be, I don't know, running some fundraising stuff or just trying to get the other gyms back on that on their feet a little bit because um, whether we like it or not, we need all of the gyms because yeah. the more we have, the more competition we have. Um, but I think what the Irish scene is missing is we've built this from the top down. So if this was a triangle, we've built it from the top down. So we started in the UFC, basically. And we, well, we didn't start there, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was there. first recognized as in the UFC. Yeah, and we've built backwards, but we're, we, we haven't really got a lot done. And that's just being straight. That's just what I think. Um, I think IMAF is, is a great structure. I think uh, IMAF is a great structure. The idea of it coming together. There's a lot of division in Irish MMA, which does, hasn't made it happen as fast as it maybe should. But... There's still no national scene. So there's zero national scene where when I was coming up, you could fight every single weekend. There was a show all the way, you know? So there was Cage Contender, then there'd be uh, Chaos in Derry, then there'd be just Battle Zone. Sorry? Battle Zone. Battle Zone, yeah. Andy Wayne's show and um, mm. the boys out there. And there'd be just some amazing shows all the time. There was always places to get fights. Now it's very hard to get fights. So, so why, why is that, Paddy? Why, why is that? Because like myself and Ross would love to be going every Saturday. Like, <laughs> Ross is sure TV. He has one for every day of the week. Like, um, I think, <laughs> I think it kind of happened when a lot of the regulations came in. Now, and I, I am for the regulations, so I want to, I want to, I want to state that point as well. And um, so a lot of the brain scans came in, a lot of the the, the bloods and everything. But that, unfortunately, sometimes. That's the way it needs to go. It needs to go into a way to be to be more recognised, and, and not only just to be recognised by, by the Irish Sports Council, because I don't even think the Sports Council that recognised some sports cared about them sports. You know, when you think about it, it's golf, it's it's it's, it's um, greyhound yes. racing, it's it's there's a lot of stuff being taken away from other stuff. If you get me, do you yeah. know what I mean? And I don't play golf. I don't bet on dogs. You know, so <laughs> that doesn't benefit me. There's a lot of sports out there that are with the sports council and are getting let down as well. And do is there a, like a board of directors of MMA in Ireland? Yeah, so on OIMA, so OIMA yeah. will be the board of directors. Um, I, I probably couldn't tell you who it is now, to be honest. Um, it's been a while since I've been there, but um, yeah, but there is, and then this is no fault to anybody. You know, mm. there's so many people working so hard behind the scenes, and people like Chloe Stone, people like um, like Liam Griffin and stuff like that, and all like there is people working really, mm. really hard behind the scenes in this. Uh, I just think there needs to be a little bit more togetherness, a little bit more discussion, um, and a little bit more of like what the use want regarding the scene. Do you think it could take you know 
all the gym owners from all across the country to sort of meet up at the one time and see if they can build Irish MMA and like almost point the direction to bring it forward. Because at the moment, I assume there's no government funding for uh, MMA in Ireland. And I think that would fall under, I think, I don't know, who'd you go to? Jack Chambers for that. Um, And like, I think, yeah, I know I I wouldn't be too... uh, Delighted to have to knock on Jack Chambers' door either. Uh, be haircut, but that's about, about all I can say about him. Um, I can tell yeah, you what but... he's going to say. What, what's he going to say, Paddy? I'll have to ask some people. Actually, to be honest, I'm not too sure about that part there, so I'll actually have to get back to you on this bit. Um, and the other thing that you asked me about, to be honest, um, I have been thinking that, and I do agree with your point, but it's going to be a little while down the road before we see that, and I'll have to get back to you about the other points that you said about your other points, and I'll get back to you. Am I done, Con Carlet? Sounds that, 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 that's also very reminiscent of his uh, Virgin Media Tonight uh, performance as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just going to let me dog out the back here, right? Because she's doing circles here. And she's gonna... yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you put the dog out, did you? The dog yeah, is gone. Yeah. She Paddy, wants, you, she's Ted's you... dog, but she's. she's oh, you're, you're, you haven't adopted her. You haven't adopted the dog. <laughs> she has more rights around here than I do. And uh, Paddy, if you're changed two or three things in Irish MMA scene from the ground up, what would be the two or three, three things that you would change to add that bit of recollection t- uh, together and sort of point it all in the one direction? Um, I'd love to see a, like a board that that really gets that honestly really gets along because that's probably not a great board to be honest. Um, a board that sits on um, a national scene, you know. Now we know Gamma is there as well, and. And I, that's Philip Mulpater's baby, I think, in that way, you know what I mean? And, and lots of people have came in to kind of help that grow as well. And, and I think that's brilliant. But, like, we don't have an Irish champion. We don't have an Irish bantamweight champion. Eh? You know, we, we've never really have had that, you know? And, and I think if we all got together and we made sure, like, government funding you mentioned there um, a little while ago, um, I don't think that's going to help, you know? It's very expensive to, to compete in MMA. MMA is probably one of mm. the most expensive sports to compete in regard, especially if you want to go away uh, for OIMA. So if you want to go away for an OIMA championships twice a year, you could be talking probably five grand, you know? Um, as a that coach, sounds doing it cheap as well. That sounds doing it oh, cheap. Yeah, that's cheap. Now, as a coach, like, I, I, I've, I've had to pay my own flights, my own accommodation, um, like I've paid 800 quid to sit by the cage and actually coach Irish athletes. I don't know if you know that. So um, coaches have to pay the exact same amount as athletes have to pay. And they don't even get to hit anybody. You know? If I hadn't, they're getting, they're getting hiding backstage for the whole week, five times a day. Do you know what I mean? Well, especially if you can consider, you know, the hotel is getting so many fires being paid. You almost think the coaches, they'd be like, for every amount of fire you bring, you get X room free. You know, for every five rooms you book, you get one free for the coach. You know what I mean? You think there'd be something along those lines, you know? We, we tried maybe... some fundraising kind of sparring sessions hmm. and stuff like that and all, but um, I don't know where it ever raised. We don't know where it ever kind of amounted to, but I know any time um, I've been in Bahrain and we've been in Italy um, so far. Um, Andy Ryan, when you were there to come on as, as an assistant coach and... I was like, absolutely, this is a great idea. You know, I want, I want to give back. I always want to give mm. back, and, and not only that, but I want, I want some of the athletes to be able to feel that movement, and you know what I mean in a way. And they, and uh, when I was out there in Bahrain, every evening I was up, kind of grappling with uh, the, the people who had been knocked out, 
and they only knocked out, knocked out, but knocked yeah. out of the competition. Mm. Um, and people were like, "Oh, we're now knocked out, youngless." There's your headline tomorrow. Yeah, we just put this bit out, put that in. Yeah, we put that bit out. We live it. But in anyway, um, and you're on other coaches from other countries, and it's it's that's great. And like in Italy, it was the same. And one of the nights. Um, down kind of showing some skills on the beach and, and you know it's just really really good to be able to link with the athletes like that see the fire in, in the young athletes and and now like when we were looking up the hill when we were coming up um, like anybody that had touched the UFC was was full of knowledge or you know what I mean was tell us tell us more and um, and I, just, I, I can see that in their eyes now and it's deadly because and I just give them as much time as possible and tell them not to make mistakes and, and just little stuff you know what I mean it's not always technical to be honest I think mm. Technical part of this game is probably about probably about sixty percent, and then forty percent is you want to make it, you want to provide for your family. You need to know whether you want to do this as a professional for a job, or whether you're doing this because it really makes you feel good and you enjoy it. Yeah, Ross, like I mean, like Paddy, as you as you know, like we cover the sport and like the, like I, I fall more and more in love with the sport, not just in Ireland but around the world. The more and more we like the we as weeks go on, the more shows we do. I just love covering it, and it's just. The athletes you meet, and, the, and then some of the stories are so like heart wrenching, and then and, and like uh, to see how much they put in, and some of them are parents as well, on top of everything, or some of them are broke as well, and for it to not to be recognised, like the way the government just put it, as if like it's the the black sheep of the family in the back, you know, what I mean, in the back of the photograph, or they may take the photograph, but I mean, it's it, like. Uh, it can't go on for much longer because like look at the way the stuff on the internet is things are blowing up like um knockouts or wins or stories the francis and ghana one in the ufc like these are the stories that should be told and um it's just i feel like ireland's missing out but we have like stars here ready to uh put up on a pedestal almost i don't know ross what do you think man well i I must say um when we were first doing this show paddy we were looking to get the biggest and best names on we and we 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 have had some great guests. We like in terms of Irish MMA, we've had yourself, we've had own um, Roddy, you know, Philip Peter, we had Tommy Egan on there recently, uh, and then in terms of like worldwide superstars, we've had like John McCarthy, Josh Thompson, Sugar Sean O'Malley, Leon Edwards, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, like the list goes on. But this latest lockdown has made me realize that I actually love promoting the Irish MMA guys and the guys who are on the way up. <laughs> I like giving them an opportunity to voice how they feel and what they're doing. And I, I actually get so much more out of giving back to those guys and letting those guys and giving them a platform to say how they feel or promote their fight. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones who need to be pushed. And I, again, like I suppose there is something Irish where you do want to support your own. And I just feel like when we have the Irish athletes on, like when we launched the face off, I think uh, Josh and Chad were the first face off that we did. Yeah. And okay. I, I no, was good. Yeah, we loved it, man. I love that. Like we buzzed off that for about two weeks straight. Away. Like that, <laughs> that was class. You know what I mean? And then also, like we're very much on, uh, about like giving the females equal respect because I think it's the one sport in the world where females yeah. are treated the exact same as the males. There is no drop off. Um, I wanted to say this to you. I want, I want to actually touch on that um, because I actually think MMA champions equality more than any other sport. I would, I would, I would challenge somebody to bring a different another sport that champions equality more than MMA. That would be that I would don't, be. I, I don't, I don't think there is. We had a like, um, when you had uh, say, uh, the Mackenzie Dam fight the other night. Absolutely amazing, and the skill level as well. 
you know, and, and then you have um, like you have just like the idea of um, say Ronda Rousey uh, as a superstar. You have that back to Gina Carano, um, Ashton Daly, um, being like the, the first Irish UFC or uh, UFC world champion, not UFC world champion, world champion. You know what I mean? Mm. You have you have a uh, um, Lee McCourt at the, at the moment and there as well. Then you have other people coming up behind, like you have um, like Sean O'Bannon who he's had on his serve mm. as well. This is who's going to be an absolute superstar um, staying on the right road, you know, and, and and I really do think that if, like, that would be a challenge to find a sport that champions um, equality better than um, MMA. I, I, I re- and that's what, that's one of the things I love about it. I remember being on the, on the, on the mat in Canada um, when I was only, I think it was 19 years of age, and just looking around and being like, this is amazing. I was rolling with someone who was the district attorney at the time over there, and I'm straight out of Jobstown. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is this is this is what I'm here. This I loved. It. I used to be buzzing after a uh, session because of that because there was just so much um, diversity in the room. You know, like so many different cultures, so many different kind of uh, traditions to be able to learn uh, from, and not just learn about traditions, but learn skills off people as well. You know, so it's a. Uh, I think every kind of every kind of culture as well kind of uh, adds something to this as well in a way. You know, um, you, you've got like. The Russians, the Irish, the Americans, then the Brazilians, you know, it just it just all comes together. I think it's a it's a really good melting pot. And not only that, but the skills keep getting better. So it's um it's a it's a really it's a really really something I look to champion in this sport is that yeah, it's a it's a it's a massive for the quality. So I don't know how the government can get behind it. To be honest, I'm not I'm saying I'm not too concerned whether they get behind it or not, mm. but there is other ways. We don't need the move the government to just open up the portion. And shows it. We don't need that. There's there's many ways to make money to make this work if we needed to make it work. You know. Yeah. What, what else? Uh, what else would you would you recommend? I know. Obviously, you can't just ha- look at you, how bad Manchester United performed, just throwing money and not being able to get the uh, the right people in. But like, what 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 like what what sort of more steps would you take? I know Ross uh, asked you this sort of question already in so, a, a different way, but like, what, what what can you see over the next like year or two? There's many ways to fundraise. <laughs> That's a big little room, isn't it? <laughs> many ways to fundraise. We should use that for my government slogan. Yeah. You heard that one off Owen Colgan. <laughs> did he say that? Oh, I'm joking. Did he say that? I just know your best mates. <laughs> yeah, me and Owen. That's what I'm saying. Me and Owen. You know what I mean? Someday He'd fight any man. Someday, someday we're going to have a knock, me and Owen. For sure, for sure. <laughs> In a nice way possible. No, but um, so there is many ways to fundraise, you know, and, and that's what we should be doing. So it should be the idea of, say, if there was, um, we were putting on shows and there was, it was a collection towards all of the coaches. So all of the coaches in the country kind of come together and, and everybody gives it a bit and, and we pack it one big show three times a year, you know, and that them dates never change. And um, we, we can, we, we ask the councils um, to come on board and support this because this is, like, this is, I won't say this is easy, but like MMA, saves people and that's it so at this moment in time we've never needed or never had more of a chance to be able to say well you know what let's create some programs to integrate into the community and not only that but then raise people up out of the community and make champions out of them make all earning champions out of them and then they get the opportunities with sponsors and and all the rest of it just happens but we could fundraise without without the the problem does be that promoters have to put their neck on the line um, and risk the money but a lot of people came together. I don't know if it was two grand each or something like that, and we put it all into a uh, into a into a in an account or something like that, and then start running a show that was based on you know, a board in a way, rather than somebody owns mm. and somebody knows what's going on. Because sometimes you're dependent on integrity, you're dependent on fairness, and I'm starting to realise in life, you depend on them things. 
you're probably not going to get them. Exactly. Left exactly. Isn't it? It's, it's yeah. a bit of that uh, noise score is finished last. Exactly. Well, yeah. What would you think? Yeah, listen, and we know that. Because I'm a noise score. <laughs> what, what, what would you think, Paddy, if you, you know, between OIMA, OIMAF, and Gamma, you know I mean, there's a bit of a coming together and you made sure there was four shows a year, one in Dublin, one in Cork, one in Galway, and one up in Belfast. And then that way, you know, you knew those four dates, you know, you have three months to bang off one, then three months to the next, and three months to the next, and three months to the next. And that became like the show you did, I don't know, 20 fights on each show. And like, that was the start of something. What would you think of that? That's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about, you know. I think that, that that's that's a that's a savage idea, and the idea yeah. of that we everyone would know who the who the who the person was for that position because we we're kind of running into a situation like this. And as I said, I'm I'm not I'm not getting at anybody. I'm not getting at anybody because mm. I feel that everybody's doing a massive amount of work, and they all have so mm. much on as well. We all have so much on with the, our gyms and athletes and all that going around. The pro just it's it's madness, you know what I mean. But if we could kind of um designate people to actually fix this part and bl- build this part together. We would know who, who the people are because we're heading in a direction where sometimes it's not going to be the best person for the job because they're broke mm. or working class. I know for a fact that I'm half and I'm a, I probably would not be able to be involved um, at the level of, that we need to be for gold medals and stuff like that. Um, and I know it's hard. It's, it's like, yeah, we get a sponsor and that, that one year somebody sends you away twice that's a big commitment for a for a, for a company, you know, mm-hmm. to go back and say, yeah, well, I need to go again. It, that's another big commitment for a company. So, not many people you are going to be able to have, there. Yeah, and what, I don't want money ever, ever, ever pushing people out of this sport because if anything, this sport, this sport thrives in mm-hmm. in, in in council housing estates and 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 and, and, and I'm open, not just saying that that you know, but I just know for a fact that. People that need this sport, um, uh, need to be in this sport. We need to be encouraged sometimes. It's not always going to be like, well, you come to my club, you pay away. You know, it's, some, it's like, I don't know, it's like, um, I don't want to say, it's like if you're dealing with someone and say an addiction or something like that, mm-hmm. you're willing to help somebody come up. Sometimes you've got to be willing to let them fall nine times and, and reach out. And, and, and the coaches in this country are amazing for that in a way where, they give so many different kind of chances and stuff like that to people, but we need to now start creating not just the chances and giving them, but the opportunities too. It's, it's, I think it's very hard to tell somebody, right, sound, you pick for the Irish team and you're going to Bahrain. And they're like, right, Delhi. But then they realise it costs two yeah. and a half grand or something, you know, so. And, and I suppose that comes down to it there. We might not actually be sending the best guys. We might be sending the best guy who can afford it or the best mm-hmm. girl who can afford it, which is could be very different to the best guy. But I suppose... I think maybe what we can all agree on is Irish May maybe needs a bit more structure and a bit more collaboration between everyone to improve it onwards and upwards. I think yeah. we can definitely all agree on that. I suppose There's some incredible volunteers they're ready to go. Sorry, Ross, like you know, if you, well, think, yeah. of the, if you think of the people like that are like unwilling, no problem, put my time in, you know what I mean? And I've been coaching for 15 years, and but not only that, like my qualifications show that like my coach was in Canada, I trained in Vancouver Tech, and um, we done coach management, um, agility training, training kids with disabilities, um, a lot, a lot, you know what mm. I mean? So I'm not, I don't want nothing. I'm willing to pay to do this. And mm. then you have people like Andy Ryan and, and then Limo Griffin and, and um, Dino Wayne and Philip Mulpier and stuff like that. And then like, mm. you know, so, and then like, then you have like, you have uh, John Cavanaugh and Roddy at the top and stuff like that with the, the idea on the board and Clive Stone and, there's a lot of good people that have to come in together here. So I don't think 
I don't think it's impossible, you know. I think uh, I think this can work um, for for Oima and for Oimaf, but it needs to have a national scene and it needs to not only just give these opportunities to people, it needs to create the opportunities to be able to to give that to that person too. So maybe four or five sponsored athletes or um, scholarship mm. athletes go um, a year or something like that. And uh, shout out to Tom King, Chris Fields, because I think we're, they're the only two people we haven't named. Sorry, <laughs> only because the boys don't, only because the boys that are not uh, involved with mm. at the moment. Are no, that's all right. And stuff like that. But as then again, two absolute veterans of the sport as well that are, are blazing a whole new lane, if you ask me, on their own. So the Cage Warriors lane was always a lane that uh, was there, but they're the boys running it now with, with Ian Gary and, and and doing amazing things themselves. You know what I mean? At Team KF, but. Yeah. Uh, they like, there's been many lanes to where you are going mm. and depending on which way you go always there was positives and negatives and the OIMAF and the OIMAF one is um is new that's the newest lane of them all you know so that was you go the ultimate fighter and then you get signed or you go cage where you're through or you know you, you just get a heap of wins and then wait for the UFC to come in and, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this that's new. A, yeah just before we get into like the, the sort of the next wave and uh, the, this weekend's fights as well I just want to say like like hopefully people are watching this and they'll, they'll take something from it and be like, right, maybe mm. you'll uh, start moving things in their brain to move things forward. Cause like uh, obviously myself and Ross cover show Irish and me and we, we want something to be sort of shorter for not, not like not our own personal gain in any sort of way. It's just like these people are putting so many hours and spending and missing out so many, t- so much time with their families and you know, they should be compensated in some sort of way and they're not getting it. It just doesn't, I know we said like, you can't, you can't wait. You, if you're sitting there waiting for fairness, you'll be sit, waiting for a long time, but something can be done, especially the way, Obviously, we'll get into it now. The way, like, obviously, Connor, like, uh, trailblaze for everyone that Paddy, uh, by the way, Paddy, I have to say, I love when you are sitting after your wins, and then he, I think he passes you the Middleton Rares, and he's like, go on the hooligan. And then he's always seen us. It's like, that's a mad moment. Like, when you're it's looking legendary. at it, it actually is. You know you're there, happy as Larry. Mental. Like, this is what's going on here. <laughs> like, it just, like, we're seeing at the top of this day in a week's day. Like, it's just like, act kill. He acted cool, but the thing is, right? We'll we'll get into it now. Obviously, Connor is now fighting Dustin Poirier on the tenth of July, and this is going to be there's going to be fans around the arena. But uh, when you heard that fight was being made, um, what did you make of it? The trilogy's on. Like, um, what are your thoughts on the trilogy? I'm delighted, and I know some people will be like, "Oh well, hold on, you don't just jump back and get the Connor deserves it." Let's be straight. If there was ever a special case for somebody to say that someone deserves some special treatment, it's Connor. Um, Connor has put some serious numbers on and not nearly close to anybody. So that's how it works. You know, we think, unfortunately, uh, in, in business, you know, he puts a lot of money, puts a lot of bums in the seats. And uh, for that alone, he absolutely deserves to have another go at this. So how exciting is this? It's one all, you know, we think that the last one kind of made a, the, 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 the Dustin Poirier made this a little bit more even more exciting, you know. Um, Dustin's a great fighter, even if you look at the force fight. Um, Dustin was good. Dustin was landing some shots and stuff like that. And then, but I think even in that fight, just gone, you're seeing um, Connor was landing the shots, and I think Dustin yeah. he, he, admitted, he admitted he was panicking, you know, and I can kind of see it. And, and then, and then, and then, obviously, he caught Sean Connor with a, with a few beautiful shots himself, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I think I've always said this about Connor. It's like a machine. And you feed the machine a jab, a left, a cross, it'll just translate that back into you and break your jaw. You know what I mean? In a way, <laughs> that equals broken jaw. You know what I mean? Or a broken nose, whatever it's you know? <laughs> so, uh, Take your choice. Yeah, take your take choice. choice so, yeah. I, um, I, I, I think even though Connor was squared in the last one a little mm. bit, kind of, I think he knows everyone knows that themselves as well. But like, 
that's it. He, he kind of goes in and knocks him out with two shots. It's like, whoa, this is, you know, and you, you'll never, ever, ever be able to trial and error things in this game and, and be satisfied because sometimes when you win, it's just like sound. Yeah. But then when you, sometimes when it doesn't go your way, it's like over and like, and that's sometimes honestly you need that. But um, it, there's definitely a different outcome of um, winning and losing regarding analysts to what you've done, you know? So, Paddy, I just want to ask you, uh, I don't know, did you see the back and forth between Dustin and Connor today on Twitter? Boys, boys stay away from Twitter. Let's be sure. Just... Oh, Is anyone oh, even okay, reading well, on Twitter well, anymore? I don't even... Well, well I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you the give background. Us the give us the um, Dustin Poirier said Connor has um, dodged the donation to his charity and he's been reaching out to him since January. Um, Connor has refuted the claim and sort of said, here, look, I was looking for a breakdown of what you were going to do with the money before I sent you. I'm not just going to send you 500 grand and 100%. say thanks very much. But uh, now Connor's gone to the point, uh, stage where he said, you know what, you, you, I think he called him a hillbilly and a few other uh, derogatory terms and said, the fight's off, I'll fight someone else July 10th. Go, what's it called? Uh, I hope you enjoyed your pay-per-view money while you had it. Um, what, what do you make of this back and forth that, that I've sort of regurgitated to you? And if the fight is off, who would you like to see Conor fight on July 10th instead? Well, I think Dustin being that involved with a charity is, first of all, absolutely amazing. And I think the arrangement the two guy had was amazing. Um, I absolutely understand. I would be asking for a breakdown of what, what's going to happen and what's going to be done with that money as well. Because um, not that Dustin's yeah. going to do yeah. anything. Uh, but I don't know, if he's building a new office out his back, that's just <laughs> You just you gotta be watching, and that, and that's just the way we would be. Now I'm not saying that in any way if, if that Dustin would do anything else with that money, but Connor asking for a breakdown if this was if this was a county council or any other kind of um, money that we're talking about at that sum to ask for a breakdown and someone not to give it is is weird. That's what yeah. I would say. So I thought I would have automatically thought that that would be in. And uh, uh, one thing I will add, I, I don't think Connor McGregor is actually sitting behind the computer himself. With the back and forth, he has representatives who are sitting back doing the back and forth, and you know, Dustin's dealing with, with them, them guys. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm sure Connor would like to get his eyes on the breakdown himself, but at the end of the day, I don't think he is reneging on giving the five hundred thousand dollars. I think he'll happily give it. I just think he needs to see oh, what he's giving it towards. Sure, he just threw a million, didn't he, into the PPE when our own bleeding country wasn't doing it and had to guild bleeding Bono and all into it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and PP that fits, Paddy. Don't forget yeah, that. That's the important part. Hang on. And it, his mate didn't get the contract, I'm sure. No. Do you know what I mean? Oh, uh, I think actually that the woman that did get the contract that he, he, he used to do that, um, I, can't, I can't remember her name, but it was an incredible woman. She came on and, and thanked him herself and stuff like that about it. So she had a, a field in that as well. So. Yeah, yes. I, I'm, I'm sure the countless donations to Crumlin Children's Hospital. I'd say he's, I'd say he's their biggest, at least athlete donor. Absolutely. Listen, let 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 we all let's just bury that there. Like Connor has mm. no yeah. problem giving money to charity or apartment money and stuff like that. So, and he's, he's not a, short. He, he, so he's actually a phil- philanthropist at this stage, even though that's a very hard word to say. Like <laughs> but uh, he, he is at this stage. But let's just say this this does sort of kick on. And he says, Dustin, you can jog on there, mate. Is there anyone else you'd actually like to see him fight on July 10th? I've always wanted to see that Tony Ferguson fight, I have to say, probably. Yeah. That would be a that would be a good fight. I think I think after a few a few shots though, I think Ferguson not being able to get the takedown. Um I've always found him a little weird. That's just being straight. Um 
pigs and you know no, i don't think anyone's ever called them normal petty <laughs> yeah yeah you would be weird to not find it weird no and like now there's massive respect for him as well because he's an absolute engine but yeah the stuff he does is just so unorthodox that it's kind of like it's it's, it's a bit crazy at that level you yeah. know like, it's like he was born in a cave yeah and he does like two torn two twists and, like, and, he, and he's running and all, i don't know but uh, yeah i'd like to see that because i think that would that would be kind of like um that would be nearly like uh, grappler versus striker kind of thing and you know, a high level grappler mm. being like uh, Eddie Bravo's kind of team and stuff like that and all like being a black belt under Eddie Bravo um, but then again the, 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 the trilogy the Diaz you know yeah. like so it's like but I know Diaz is uh, booked for something but listen yeah. let's be straight like if, if Dustin wanted to bounce I'm pretty sure Diaz would be willing to take the book yeah, Jeez, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then I think Justin Gage is also waiting in the wings. He doesn't have a day for anything as well. So th- there's there's another option. But I think uh, Connor might be uh, not inclined to pay the Ali Abdulaziz guys if he doesn't have to. I think that if Justin Gage met Connor, uh, Justin Gage would get an awful hiding. And that's just being straight. I just, he has that shape. He has kind of like that Eddie Alvarez shape, you know. And even like when he's seen that, and even like um, what's the other one that's been chasing it for ages? Um, the red panty boy. He was actually the the red oh, panty. Oh, uh, Rafael dos Santos. Yeah, yeah. the original red panty. The OG of the red panty game. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. He's got the green panty stuff. We have to. That was cringy, wasn't it? Kamara Usman. Uh, oh, Josh actually shared something there the other day oh, on uh, on his Instagram, and he copies him word for word. On yeah, where is Jackson? Then am I right? <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Yeah, oh. he, he, was like, he was like, he was like, in his best dub Dublin uh, accent, uh, he goes, "Lining him up." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "All oh, right." Um, the the, the one, I really do as well. I think um, his body shape, that type of body shape, kind of the Dennis Siva body shape, any other yeah. body shapes, kind of just chills them. You know, he's, he's too long. His his hand, his reach is a little bit too long for him. You know what I mean? I think when, when they get hit, it's very hard to get a takedown. And then even if you look at uh, Diego Brandeo. As well, another kind of, um, and another dangerous. Of course, yeah. Diego was Diego was unbelievable in the Ultimate yeah, Fighter. Dangerous, look at this. afraid to be in the room with him. They're 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 freaked out by him. Uh, yeah, he 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 really turned uh, from like sort of rabbit attack dog to like lost puppy when he got in there with Connor. You want to see him in the room after the weigh-in? Why was he was he pumped? Ah, uh, not pumped. He was just I I could. You know, smell that kind of that little bit of a like that I he was, he was, not, he was <laughs> now, but he was like he was like fearful in the way where yeah. he would attack, not fearful in the way where he would be intimidated. And I think yeah. that that's in you, you know what I mean? You see that. So um he wasn't intimidated, but he was up. I can imagine he didn't sleep well that night at all. Yeah. So because uh, he was he was wound up in that room for sure, for sure. Paddy, like uh, like obviously Connor's doing like just I don't know, I can't even believe one man can do so many things, right? But like um <laughs> Like a lot of a lot of people these days, like the, um, they're like, who's next in the UFC? They're always asking us. And then obviously Dean Barry had a, has had a fight lined up for a while. And then obviously the the rise of Ian Gary. Should have had that fight. Why didn't he have that fight? Uh, Paddy, I don't know. Like it, it was meant to happen. It was meant to happen. Screaming for that fight. Give anybody at that stage. You know what I mean? I took three UFC in four weeks. Four weeks. I got signed four weeks, and then fought Josh Sampo. I think Josh Sampo was like a. Uh, three times All-American wrestler, probably the worst ever case I'd be in, and I'd come out of surgery, um, I'd got the surgery on the, the 13th of December, um, a back surgery, and then I fought in July. So all of that was recovery to that, and up to that, we had done surgery before that, and all of us, it was a mad, mad thing. Sorry, I had it, yeah, December, and then, and then, thing. 
Like, I don't know. I would have been scrambling. And, and you know what, Paddy? He, he was probably a bad matchup on paper for you as well. You know that? Well, 100%. I knew that. Everybody knew that. That's why the, the odds knew that. Right? I was six to one. I, I, I actually looked. I actually looked at, at fight night because what's called that was Barry's first ever uh, like UFC fight night, yeah. and like I was like I was like right, you have to come to this because I've been to a few battle zones before, and I was like right, you're coming to this right, and then I brought him, and he was like, what do you think of the Irish guy chance? And I go, I go, I think they'll all win. I go, but Paddy Hoolan's like definitely has the hardest fight. I was like, I was like, I was like, your man Sambo is very good, and I, I can't remember, but he he just beaten someone who was quite good before fighting you, and I was like. I was like, that guy is sort of short, but like stocky as hell. And then, I mean, the first ever submission win by an Irishman in UFC history, Paddy the Hooligan. Hooligan. And I dropped him. We're now yeah. boy. <laughs> you, you, you can't keep adding stuff in here, Paddy, right? Like, you, you, you got the first ever. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, but listen, seriously. The first, the first knockdown. I took that fight on the island, and that's just my opinion on it. Should have took that fight on the island, absolutely 100%, because we don't live forever. Jump out the nest and fly, and that's what we think. You know. Well, the, 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 the oh, question was sort of visa issue, though. What I think. Yeah, the, I think he, he couldn't get a visa. visa. There's yeah, but it wasn't him that couldn't get the visa. It was the other guy who couldn't get the visa. Oh, was it? Okay. That's just what I make of it. And I know the UFC would find anybody. Yeah, they would. Have, they could have rang me. Do you know what really good fight on it? Reese McKee. Yeah. That would be that'd be serious. The end of the stick, the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, disappointing as well. But Paddy, I was more sort of asking you, like, uh, you obviously have your ground, uh, ear to the ground. Like, what sort of like talent do you see that's coming through that is really someone that the uh, people watching now uh, should be looking out for? Um, I think there's some amazing talent coming up. I really do. Like, I think, um, and it's not just kind of in one gym anymore. You know, it's um, it's yeah. spread definitely across. So you have, um, say, Pat Lahan would be someone to name. Um, and Roddy's, I think, like, even like when you look at Jer Harris and you look at like um, uh, Ryan Court is coming into kind of maturity and stuff like that and all. Um, and then obviously, you can't pass uh, Ian Gary. Ian Gary is an absolute animal, you know what I mean? So, so in, the, in the, the maturity of his performances, you know, um, and it shows, shows uh, the, his coaching, it shows the level of coaching that he's getting as well. And the idea of like not just skills, but the maturity, you can tell that the guy has held that belt before. and and, and they're surrounding it like sharks again, you know? And then you have uh, James Webb and stuff like that in with the lads. So, yeah. And then, and then in my own place, um, there's, there's, some, there's some absolute animals there. Like, and really, my, 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 whole, my whole dream with this all was to come back and develop a squad and develop my own team and, and do it from scratch. And I'm not into the idea of somebody jumping in half-built. You know what I mean? In a way, like, I don't mind helping anybody. You want a hooligan from the ground up? From the ground up. That's my, my, my sound. Like, you know what I mean? Because you don't just build skills there. You build everything. You build relationship. You build trust. You build loyalty. You build all of these things. And and some people's loyalty, um, I don't know, they, maybe they're not getting it at the start. They're giving too much of it at the start. And they're not receiving enough of it at the start. And they mm. get stuck. And it actually goes against them. And their coach, if their coach is in a situation that they notice that, loyalty should go both ways where they say, listen, you need to move on now, or you need to, or you don't know, you know what I mean, in that way, but loyalty is a big thing, and I see some people getting stuck uh, for loyalty, and not just in Ireland, in other, in other, other teams, and other like, high-level athletes as well, you just refuse to leave teams, or refuse to move on, or, or refuse to merge teams, and develop with other people, you know what I mean, I think that I think that's really important uh, in developing, so, but like, I think um, Josh Green, Josh Green has a touch of, like, um, a sleeping pill, you know what I mean? He has that heavy hand, he hits you, and you're, yeah. that's, you're out, like, you know, he, that, that, that was a good Seven guy. Seven seconds. 
was a good guy beat the last time as well. Pop a bit of jiu-jitsu with her. Um, <clears throat> John and Pasheret did out there. And, um, and then I mentioned Sean O'Bannon already as well. But, but Sean O'Bannon is, is absolutely incredible athlete. You know what I mean? Silver medal in the world and our first time out there. Um, beat a, a, a champion on our first fight. Um, fought three fights, went through. Um, who else? Mikey Bourne. I don't know if he's on Mikey Bourne on my place as well. Um, has this left hand, it's like a snake's tongue, it's like in and out, in and out, and all of a sudden your nose is broke. Um, there's, there's loads, there really is. There's, there's Yosef as well, which is another guy who just on Clan Wars there. For Patrick Doran, if you get a chance to look at the fight, and um, really good distance. I just look, I look for the idea of like if this gets better at the rate it's getting better, it's going to be better. That's it, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like there's, there's there's so much talent that I did, I think that's what made Clan Wars and Cade Legacy being cancelled so devastating. I was yeah. like, I was dying to see it. I was really looking forward to seeing the um obviously the all the fights we did in the face off, but I was really looking forward to Palahan versus Leon Hill as well. So yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, Jesus, this is this is a fight that you know in five t- fights time it could be someone five and zero versus five and one. You know what I mean? Like these are two absolute solid guys. Um, Paul then, Hughes, sorry, I forgot to say him as yeah, well. Paul Hughes, yeah. Paul Hughes is an animal as well. Anybody you know, forgot, don't That's be up right. me DMs. Right. <laughs> also, right. also uh, shout out to Glenn McVeigh who went. Yeah, uh, Glenn who, who, went as well. Yeah, Glenn. Yeah, and he, as I said, like, I've, I've, um, I've respect for anybody that does that does the things that they do. And fair play to yeah. going up a weight class and then getting the win. And the guy that was fighting was no Joe Gita. So, yeah, yeah he, what's called he was a uh, pure pure thoroughbred Dagestani as well. You could tell yeah. he, you only have to have, have a like half second glance them like ah Dagestan. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Such yeah. great, such great. Um, kind of see uh, that as I said when I was out in Bahrain that time it was just it was just amazing. But like um the the Dagestan lads, the Kazakhstan lads, they like. Just kind of wrestling and grappling with other people and feeling like feeling the culture in grappling, you know. I remember one time, um, what's his name? Oh, Puncha King. Do you ever know him? Do you know him? Oh, uh, so good punch, no. uh, Ali that Bagatinov. Yeah, yeah, Paul Demetrius Johnson. I think UFC 126. Yeah, he's fighting and brave now. He's fighting for the belt soon as well. Um, he came and grappled in the gym one day. He doesn't speak English, Art and brought him in, and he doesn't speak English. Um, uh, at all, and no, he definitely don't speak Russian at all. Um, <laughs> and the two of us were having a conversation with grappling. It was amazing, it really was. It always brings me back, as I said, to the idea of this sport of like uh, places and things and people that we've never talked to. This sport has brought me to. He was in your weight class at one stage as well, Paddy. Absolutely, they all could have got it. I'm being straight with you. That's that's what I would have fought any single one of them on a day as long as you would have given it to me. I'm in there and I'm swinging, you know, flyweight. The weight used to kill me, you know. That was the, it used to be bad going out the flyway. Um, I don't think we ever lost that bantamweight. I don't think we undefeated that bantamweight. I was, but I do think I do think the UFC once they had the flyweight division, once you were at flyweight, they were like, You have to stay there because we need the depth in the division. They didn't want to let anyone go up, you know what I mean? You almost yeah. had to be, you know, Henry Cejudo to go for them to be like, Fine, you can go up. I mean, they 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 were they were a bit funny about that. But Basma, maybe we should get into the results from the weekend and look forward to this weekend's uh, card. And then we'll let Paddy leg it off. I'm sure he's a very busy man. 
yeah no i was really i was really enjoying this i'm sure we can we can do it again patty maybe of course yeah, maybe the, maybe the week of connor's fight if you want to come back on as well absolutely right well well okay book it in but uh okay well, i'll just go over the card the, some of the cards happened over the weekend and the cards on this weekend just so people know uh marvin vittori defeated kevin holland shout out to kevin holland coming in on, on like uh what was it eight days notice but marvin vittori got the win uh ross where do you think marvin vittori should go from here I don't think the performance was like that strong enough to be like, right, he's yeah. jumped the queue and he gets to fight Israel Adesanya. I think if Robert Whitaker beats Kelvin Gastelum this weekend, I think Robert Whitaker is your man. He deserves a rematch. He defended the belt a few times as well. So I think he does deserve that rematch after racking off, what, three wins since he lost. Um, I'd like to see him probably fight, fight maybe a Jared Cannonier or maybe a Derek Brunson uh, just because I think Darren Hill is going to be out for a while. Paddy, what about yourself? Um, I felt say fair play, yeah, man. Hold, I'm actually looking at trying to get me 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 uh, me bet up here. Oh, who you bet on? Yeah, and, uh, and I had Holland in it, mom. The get me. You know what I mean? I was like, he's, he's coming in. He's gonna be fresh. He's gonna be. I and mean, if he had a thought like he um, if he had a thought like he he, he has in him, um, we mm. think he would win that. But he just kept getting taken down. So yeah. I had a. Uh, I don't know if you can probably see that there, but Mackenzie Dern, Arnold Allen, Kevin Holland. Yeah, who was the first one? And Kevin Mike Holland. Curry. All right, a hundred quid. Right? No, never really better, right? But I was like, this is the day. I've had me now to a pub in about a million years, right? It wouldn't be like four grand or something like that back. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. I didn't yeah. back my Perry either, to be honest. Like, I know, like, I, I just can't really trust his... Uh, his girlfriend giving the corner advice. Yeah, but just, yeah, even, if, he's just If he's just Holland not had to give him... Right? If Holland had a won that, well, he was going to send that slip over to Darren Till and let him deal with him. <laughs> 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 oh, stop the lights no but uh, shout out to Julia Marquez uh, Miley Cyrus' favourite fighter as well he won over the weekend but like lads if you're looking at the card this weekend this UFC Rob Whitaker's headline against Kevin Gastelum the rest of the card isn't actually that great but there is some notable names like who the fuck is that guy Jeremy Stevens, uh, Andre Olofsky <laughs> stepping up on short notes to face Chase Sherman and uh, Lewis Pena's on the card and uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan who had a great reputation until he lost his last fight but we'll just stick on the main one. Robert Whitaker against Calvin Gastelum. Ross, you touched on, you think Whitaker is going to get the job done. But Paddy, where are you putting your uh, 100 quid on this weekend? Calvin Gastelum or Robert Whitaker? Um, first time I ever seen Gastelum fighting, it was actually live while he was fighting for the Ultimate Fighter um, finale. And I was going to the Ultimate Fighter trials the next day. The shame is picking his mouse. All right, say hello to the boys. How's it going? Hey, right, Seamus. Hey, Seamus. Um, so and Kevin Gastelum uh, at the time in the Ultimate Fire do you remember that when he was going downstairs I don't know if you've seen this and he's eating a chicken burrito before they're filling a back upstairs and he's like what are you doing he's like I'm fueling my body <laughs> <laughs> he's been around so, a long time that was about 10 years ago Paddy. yeah so when you think of these times and then you have uh, Andre uh, Aronofsky go yeah. up out you know what I mean oh sorry Robert, Robert Whitaker you know that a veteran of the of, mm. of the Ultimate Fighter as well, even coaching those before as well. If you give me they, those two, actually coached, coached against each other, and then I think Whitaker got injured, and then Adesanya fought Kelvin Gastelum. Right, uh, that, that that's that's the way that actually went down. So, like this, the, these did a whole season the Ultimate Fighter, and then didn't fight against each other, which is probably quite strange. So, uh, look, these these two are absolute gents of the fight game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I always look at Kelvin Gastelum and think. I feel like his career might end with what could have been. You know what I mean, I feel like, uh, as you said, he's a man who loves his food. If he got his diet in check, he probably could have been down at 170. He probably would have been in title contender there. He gave Tyron Woodley all he could get and then some at uh, 170. Yeah. Well, he actually missed weight a bit. 
Tyron Woodley very generously actually told me you could keep the money, don't worry about it. Um, but I, I think he could have been a champion at 170. I think at 185, as good as he is, he's just undersized, and he, 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 I just don't see him being able to get three or four wins in a row and get the get the belt. To be honest, no, no. but I have to say, I think I think Robert, Robert Whitaker probably does him there because um, I think Kevin wouldn't be able to get the takedown, and even if he does, I don't think if he's consecutively able to get a takedown, then um, that's the main event, is it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, so five round fight as well. You know what I mean? Now we know that Kevin has the the the, the, the way to go, but Kevin or um, Robert Whitaker has the idea to be able to beat you up and break you in places. You know what I mean? Break your yeah. leg, go to the body, break the head. He's done ten I, rounds with Yoel Romero. Anyone who's done yeah. ten rounds with Yoel Romero is, is there for the long haul. Yeah, he should have retired him on a hundred million contract or something like that. You know what I mean for that? Yeah, exactly. just get Ten rounds with Yoel. I'm I'm gonna go for Whitaker as well on this one, lads. I can see it being a decision though. But like it's sort of like a Adesanya Gaslam one, just like because Gaslam just does not stop. Yeah, it is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, yeah, should, be good. should be good. Big yeah. head, hard, to, hard to knock out. Big head, big heart. <laughs> uh, also on Friday night, lads, uh, we're just going to finish up with Bellator here. Uh, Ryan Bader defeated Leoto Machia uh, in the rematch. Leoto obviously beat him the first time. Ryan Bader goes on to the next round of the Bellator Light Heavyweight Grand Prix. Paddy, who do you think is going to win the Light Heavyweight Grand Prix? Um, I would say Ryan Bader is uh, is is underestimated. Definitely. You know what I mean? I think, I think he's always been a great fighter. Um, to be honest, I'm not too up to scratch on the, on the whole Bellator kind of who's in the rankings and who's in this because I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that isn't, but it, it never is really deep, is it? Or am I, am I wrong saying that? Well, the, the low heavyweight division is quite deep. I think the problem is in Ireland, it's very hard to watch your, ch- yeah. your channel yeah. changing to actually watch it. But uh, I'll give you a quick rundown of the tournament. Bader beat Machida. Um, Corey Anderson's fighting this weekend against some Yag, boy from... Yag Shimuradov. Yeah, Yagshi Muradov, never heard of him, Paddy. Uh, no one heard of him. Um, but uh, Vadim Nenkov... <laughs> <boy can> wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> Vadim Nenkov, the Bellator Light Heavyweight Champion, is fighting Phil Davis this weekend. And then yeah. the fourth fight, which is one you'll really like, Paddy, is Anthony Rumble Johnson versus Yoel Romero. Yeah, there we go. That's a scrap, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh, they're going to reinforce the octagon for that, don't they? The cage, whatever it's called in Bellator. Yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're, the, they're the eight names who are in the tournament. Vadim Nemkov is the current champ. So, like, their light heavyweight division is probably as deep as the UFC's at the moment if, when you take John Jones oh, over. Um, But, yeah, it's very hard to follow Bellator times over here. You, yeah. you, you don't really know where it's going to be on. I find, I find it hard to follow, do you know what, even to follow any of it anymore, just, just with family life, you know yourself, mm. I've got like 20 to watch that are like uh, pre-recorded ones and so, or recorded, I mean to watch, but uh, I got to watch the, the UFC this weekend and I haven't done that in ages because it was early, it was brilliant, cheese it, board. It, it's, very nice, like, it's very nice at that time, isn't it? We signed a petition over here in Europe to get it always at that time. Oh, That's what yeah. we need to be doing. Yeah, in yeah. bed before 12 o'clock. Oh, stop. Slightly yeah. drunk. <laughs> yeah, but that, right. like uh, Nemkov is fighting Davis for the second time this week as well, and Anderson's fighting Yakshi Muradov. Uh, I'm going to go for Nemkov in this. Lads, you want to give your pick on the Davis Nemkov fight? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to go against the grain here. I know I've said Nemkov was probably one of the favorites of the tournament, but this is a rematch, and Nemkov actually took the belt off Phil Davis. I feel Phil Davis will be hungry in the rematch, and he'll be able to get the job done. That's what I'm going to say. Even though Nemkov trains with Fedor, so he's probably well-tuned on that Sambo, but Phil Davis also has the best shoulders in MMA. Yeah. They're bleeding triangles on top of his shoulders. Phil, Phil Davis is an animal, isn't he? Um, yeah. I haven't got to see that force fight, but I would have to go to Phil Davis with this one as well because um, he's, a, he's a hard man to bet against. 
solid yeah. fighter. You know what I mean? Really good wrestling, uh, really good technique, and dangerous, uh, especially against the fence on the separation or that like that. Might get spin and chop your eyebrow off. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then, Paddy, before we let you go, right? This is the last one. Jake Paul's fighting Ben Askren this Saturday. I know you've already paid for the pay per view. Close <laughs> this laptop down, yeah. You have no. You don't think. You don't think. You, you don't know who you, who you think is going to win. I just like to see that Jake Paul getting punched straight. Same here. Same with so with everyone. Just being straight. Like I me, mean, now we see him getting squared, one in the nose. I'm just torn the telly off. Then that's unhappy. You know what I mean? I'm just gonna be like, that's the way I have. I don't listen. Anybody that gets into the ring, I don't care if you're a YouTuber or whatever you are, but um, it's scary getting in there one way or another. You know, the, the lad has a lot of money, obviously, so he doesn't have to deal for the money. So there's there's a there's about this much of me that gives him that, that that respect for that. You know what I mean? I think he's um, I respect that factor, but this is probably the first time that he's fought fire, and Ben Askren is definitely not a boxer or definitely not a stand-up fighter. You know what I mean? But he's a fighter. And I don't care if you get tired, if he, if, if he gets tired in there um, against Ben Askren, he, he's going to be in trouble. Yeah, I agree. Russell? Uh, you know what? You know I hate talking about this fight. It's just, it's just one of those <laughs> things where like, I'm just like, oh, here. I have Look, to, it has to be brought up. This is like this is uh, pop culture right now. You can't, you can't I know, I know. Like, Look, Jake Paul's younger. He's um, probably in, he's in the better shape now between the two of them. Ben's coming off hip surgery. Um, he's been boxing training for what the last three years. Ben Askren's putting a camp together for twelve weeks. It is a different sport to MMA, especially considering he relied on his, his grappling so heavily in his MMA career. Um, look, I'm sure the bookie's favorite is probably Jake Paul, but I, I refuse to say he's going to win. So I'm going to say Ben yeah. Askren. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. <laughs> I just can't go against Ben Askren. But, uh... I like make his pause on him, just like just literally comes out, body head, yeah. body head. You know what I mean? It's like. I'm just, just, I'm, I'm just very into Frank Mir is on the undercard as well, fighting someone as well. Like, so this is going to be uh, Frank, Frank Mir is fight, boxing someone on the undercard. Frank Mir, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's fighting like a proper professional boxer, though. He's not, he's oh, not fighting like a YouTuber. <laughs> yeah, but a random, a random question. A random thing, lads. Do you think that this UFC card this weekend isn't overly stacked because Dana knows that people are going to be checking out Jake Paul versus Ben Askren? Because he put um, he he's after betting like over a million dollars and stuff. So maybe he's like hold back with a few of these lads and then go uh, all out again next week. Dana's so? no, no bleeding. Um, he's not new in any way to the thing. He's yeah. a veteran of the game, so he absolutely knows. So that absolutely could be the could be yeah. the thing you're saying there. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, here, look, Paddy, we're going to wrap things up there because, like, we've kept you too long when you're a very busy man. But, Paddy, I want to thank you very much for coming on and speaking about the Irish MMA scene as well because it's very important to me. It's very important to Ross. Obviously, it's very important to you. It's your whole life. It's, uh, I know, hopefully, the people that tuned in today, like, uh, took something from it because, like, myself and Ross do plan on inviting more and more head coaches on to uh, just discuss these sort of things because I'm sure people have stuff to say and they want to find out more. And, you know, I mean, we all love the sport at the end of the day. That's why we do this. Ross? Absolutely. Same here. I couldn't agree more. And I have to say, fair play to these ourselves, lads, as well, because it's not easy. I know you're not sitting there with bags of money getting paid for this. Year. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. not. Definitely not. not. Yeah. Go short, Ross. Will you give away? People might think you're getting paid slightly. I'm doing the old fake until you make it here, Paddy. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm, actually, I'm actually unemployed. So, yeah. <laughs> as much as anybody. The reason yeah. why I set the podcast up at that time I did, when I did back in the day, was mm. to make sure that people had a platform and, and the young yeah. athletes had a platform mm. to be able to talk. And not only that, but to be defended as well and pushed forward as well because they need it and that's it. Yeah. You know, I really enjoyed your out. podcast as well, Paddy. You know, I really enjoyed oh, it. We'll be back soon. Don't worry, we'll be back in go. a little while. No shame, we'll be, be back. back. There we go. 
But, maybe uh, yeah. maybe we'll, we might make it on the red couch someday. Oh, he was on our boys. We had yeah. yeah, but Paddy, th- thanks, Mel, for coming on. Uh, make sure to follow Paddy's work as well. Uh, Paddy, we want to thank you again very much for coming on. It was just really, really great crack, and uh, people get to find out more about uh, Irish MMA. So, uh, Ross, anything else to say before we wrap things up? No, just uh, you up the SPG Dublin 24. Uh, can't beat it. <laughs> Uh, one of the best mixed martial arts gyms in the country. Um, if you do did enjoy this video, make sure to like, share, subscribe, and as always, stay, stay energized. energized.